everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. Uh, so this is Lucy. She is uh, in the Little Rock area. If you don't know her, you live under a rock. She's pretty much involved in everything. She knows everybody, which is kind of how I've gotten to know her. Um, she loves the music scene. She has her own business and photography. She is awesome. I have not met anybody that doesn't love Lucy. Um, that I love Lucy. Isn't that all? Yeah, yeah, right. What is an eating disorder. I started with this and I actually looked up the definition for people. So what is an eating disorder? Everybody has a different vision of that. Uh, but actually the definition, there are a ton, which I didn't even know about. So like yeah. there's anorexia, there's bulimia, there's binge eating, there's pica, avoidant, rumination, purging, night eating. There's so many, many more. Um, and basically it's a mental health issue marked by an obsession with food or your body shape and like over 30 people struggle with this which i honestly thought it would be way more because we're america and i feel like we're so just we want to be perfect right so all that to say there are tons of ways that this could affect people so tell us so looking back um i love how open and honest you are about this is one of your kids coming in yes she's banging on the door because something's <laughs> happening my, na- my neighbor just ran over to help <laughs> i love That's my neighborhood so funny. i saw a little head pass by in the I'm window like, go, go, get out <laughs> get out of here yes okay so i heard what you said but repeat the question Oh, so I was going to say, um, I love how open and honest you've been really just recently about your journey with mm-hmm. eating disorders and your recovery and just your steps through that. So looking back at what age you feel like you started to notice an unhealthy relationship with food? Like, did you know it from the very beginning or did it kind of take a while for it to settle and be like, okay, this isn't normal? Yeah. Well, so it's funny because I actually called my mom this morning and, um, cause I was just looking over the questions and the majority of them, I was like, yeah, I know how to talk about that. But that was the one question that I don't remember like growing up or, you know, even right before the eating disorder kind of set in, I don't remember having issues with food. Um, Yeah, I was, um, you know, I was a very active kid, um, you know, played a lot of sports and my parents, my mom especially, um, did a great job. Um, I, I don't remember knowing what good foods were and bad foods and you can't have this, you know, this is junk food. I don't, I don't remember any of that. And so, um, you know, my parents were both very big on, we would have family dinners together, Um, and so it honestly was not an issue until it first, you know, kicked in when I was about 15 and, uh, it took form with the special K diet. When, do you remember that? When that, that was like one of the first big, like on all the commercials and everything. Yeah. What is it? Let's see if I can remember. So like you have a bowl of cereal for breakfast and then like a little snack and a bowl of cereal with milk for lunch and then you have a normal dinner and so that's (laughs) something's burning apparently um yeah and so it 
um, it started out with me just kind of playing with this diet when I was 14. And the whole reasoning behind it um, was I was a big tennis player. That's all I did growing up, uh, travel on the weekends. And I was very strong. Like I could hit the ball very hard. But in my own head, I thought that if I lost just a little bit of weight, I would be quicker on the tennis court. Like no coach said you're fat. No one, um, you know, my, I, I was a kid. So sometimes I was a little bit bigger and then I would grow. And I mean, it, it was nothing unusual until I started, well, what if I cut out the milk? from cereal what if I and then it just kind of spiraled um to the point where uh the unhealthy relationship with food came in but before that growing up don't remember anything how crazy man yeah. that, that blows my mind so it's pretty much like advertising I mean yeah been- in a sense well and also I should say that um so I'm adopted okay. and growing up I did or uh, I did not know. I knew I was adopted. You know, it was never a question or anything, but um, I really struggled for an identity. You know, who did I look like this and that? And so while I had this absolutely amazing childhood, great parents, amazing mom, um, there was always that kind of in the back of my head. And so when the eating disorder kind of started really taking form a lot of these issues that I had with my adoption that I didn't even realize were issues started surfacing a lot yeah yeah Yeah. that's wild Mm -hmm. you don't you know I know I have a ton of friends that were adopted and you think if you have great family and a great great upbringing why would you need to dig further you know exactly oh and I have friends who are adopted too and say you know I have no desire to meet my birth mother well I I actually found mine in 2015 so I got a lot of questions answered but uh yeah I always just was so curious where I came from who I looked like blah 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 so yeah how old were you when you got adopted I was three days old oh my gosh Mm -hmm. yeah I was born in good old Pine Bluff Arkansas And, uh, my birth mother, supposedly, I think there's a lot of denial in it. She did not know she was pregnant. Um, she was from Pine Bluff too, showed up at the hospital to deliver. I came out perfectly healthy. Uh, my adoptive parents, they were actually going through Holt International. They were trying to get a Guatemalan baby. And since my grandparents lived in Pine Bluff and you know how, how it is, my, grandmother her best friend was the social worker up there the social worker called her said we have a baby girl they called my parents my parents drove up there and I came home three days later wow yeah yeah that is wild um Mm -hmm. so I was thinking you might be a little bit older to have that curiosity but it didn't matter you were just yeah yeah they always my parents my parents were really great about you know making making it seem like adoption was this special thing that I was this yeah. major gift and, and I was an only child. So, you know, I was like extra special. Spoke rotten. Spoke oh yeah. Not really. My mom's on here. She's going to be like, no, 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 no. She's not. Uh, <laughs> loved, 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 very loved. And so adoption was never uh, a bad thing for me, but oh, it did bring on so many questions. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. so interesting. 
I feel like everybody's kind of wired a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And you're, I mean, like I said, you're super involved and like sharing your story. I can totally see you being one of those people that's like, I need answers. Like, <laughs> I'll grow and oh, I yeah, to let me, that. let me FBI this. And that's what I did. That's a, that's <laughs> a whole nother live stream about how I ended up finding her, but I turned into an FBI agent. Yeah. I, that would actually be super interesting. That would yeah. be awesome. Um, okay, so you didn't really know when you're 14 or 15 that it was an issue. So kind of going back to that, when did it hit like, okay, this has become a problem. We need to address this. Yeah, so I first, uh, my parents, you know, kind of started noticing uh, and people at school. So I was in 10th grade, I think, when it started kind of coming on. And, you know, I was never in a larger body, but I did, you know, that special K diet. I dropped a few pounds, a couple boys noticed. And, you know, one of the things that I like to say when I'm talking about my eating disorder and my journey is I know that there's a lot of stuff out there that says, you know, kind of one or two things. Number one, eating disorders are only about attention. Like they're not a mental illness. They're only about attention. And then there are people who say, absolutely not. It has nothing to do with attention. It is a mental illness. That's not how it started out for me. Mine very much started out where I was a normal kid. I made decent grades. I had a few friends, you know, just not, nothing that special in my head. And when I got sick and people started really paying attention to me, I kind of took that worry as love even though I was incredibly loved by my parents, yeah. it brought on this whole nother, you know, sensation for me. And so for a while, you know, I ate it up, so, yeah. so to speak, you know, I mean, people would say, wow, you, you've lost some weight. You look great. And I was like, was I not great before? Like, you know, it just started whatnot. And then it got to a point, and this is kind of what happens with eating disorders. If, um, you know, if you're genetically predisposed, which apparently I am, uh, something clicks in your brain. And so uh, for a lot of people, it's, you know, once they've done certain amount of behaviors for a bunch of times, um, for others, it's when their body hits a certain weight, that the brain just kind of clicks. And my, my parents were on top of it. I went to go see a doctor uh, when it first, you know, started coming on. I first started losing weight and uh, the doctor diagnosed me with female athlete triad, which is basically like a pre-eating disorder. It's you are working out more than the calories you're putting in your body. And so it just kind of started out like that. And Dr. Portia told my parents, pay attention to, you know, if she starts kind of developing some strange habits or starts, you know, becoming different around food. Uh, and sure enough, you know, it started spiraling and uh, it kind of hit me in the head that maybe something was really going on when I walked into my parents' office and saw a treatment center pulled up on one of the computers and I lost it. I was, you know, I was sick wasn't in the right state of mind and I uh, was not happy let's just yeah. say yeah oh, oh goodness gracious yeah yeah so with researching this I actually talked to a good friend counselor and was like okay I want to learn more so with each live stream I try to dive in read a lot mm -hmm. about it because I want to learn about it yeah that's great yeah yeah it's really awesome um 
and I want to be able to ask the right questions and dig in and just really get to know you guys on a one-on-one -on -one level mm -hmm. um, and just kind of get into the mindset that you would do. And something that I ran across and I, I chatted with her a lot about, and it just, it really disturbed me. So mm -hmm. they had these things called pro-Anna groups. Did you know about that? Where are you, mom? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did you know about those? Oh yeah. Listen, it, and it's still a thing. It is a thing. This, this mm -hmm. article and this research that I looked into was from this year. Yeah. And so, so pro Anna group, if you don't know, which I had no idea. And I feel like a lot of people, if, if this is an area that you don't struggle with, or you don't have children, you would never know. Mm -hmm. So basically another reason the internet can be a terrible thing. It's support groups that encourage eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia and people get on there and they tell people that they shouldn't give up and all of these things and they post pictures of their progress. Exactly. So people show pictures of their progress so that you'll show pictures and then they also do challenges like I'm going to lose this much weight. See if you can beat me back and forth, which you know more about it, but that's what I was looking at and I, it made me sick like just yeah. Yeah. for people like my nieces that run right. into like that well and that's and that's the thing about eating disorders that you know it is the number one killer of all mental illnesses okay an eating disorder will kill you quicker whether it's um medical issues whether it is suicide um and the other thing to note is that it it does not matter you know what size you are there's yeah. so much that, you know, if you have an eating disorder, that means that you are anorexic. And if you are not skin and bones, oh, you don't have an eating disorder. What, what, what are you talking about? And I know, you know, I've been in treatment. I was in treatment with a couple girls who, you know, were at their normal body range and something happened. They started acting, you know, in behaviors again and their body, their heart stopped. Um, there, some stuff happened with their stomach. I mean, it, it does not discriminate at all. Yeah. yeah. I know from personal experience because it affects women way more than men. However, mm -hmm. the for men for, were way higher than I thought they would be. And again, yes, I was actually in treatment with, uh, the last time I went to treatment, I was there with a couple men, uh, and they, they were younger, but it was very interesting to hear the male perspective of it. Yeah. And it's I mean, just I, like the females. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. You want to be fit. And especially again, I feel like 2021, we're all about self image and being yes. the fittest and showing our best life on Instagram. Yeah. I feel like this is something that people need to be very aware of, especially as parents. And we'll, we'll get to that as far as you being a parent, but something also that I saw that just blew my mind was, so people with eating disorders are 56% more likely, um, or 56 times more likely to commit suicide mm -hmm. than someone else. And then yeah. like I said, it's the number one killer of mental illness, which mm -hmm. I mean, that's in, that blows my mind. Yeah. Well, and, and if you think about it, you know, you don't see support groups that I know of for, um, alcoholics, as far as, you know, okay, here's a challenge. We are going to drink 10 beers and we're going to see, yeah. I mean, the eating disorder is the most competitive deal ever. I mean, when it gets you, it, you become a completely different person and you Before. compare, you yeah. compare to other people with eating disorders. That's why, 
I think some of the bigger cities are a little bit better with uh, support groups, but I have people reach out to me, you know, saying they're struggling and they were wondering if there were any support groups, you know, here in Little Rock and therapists have a very, very hard time keeping them going because they can become very sick. It can become, you walk in there and you start comparing yourself to the other women or men in there and judge them, you know, they're judging you. And so, you know, unless you have a bunch of people that are either, you know, well, not either, but very in recovery or recovery focused, it will turn into a S show. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. And another thing that was super interesting. So um, the suicide statistic, I said mm-hmm. they're 56 times more likely to commit suicide. Uh, the research behind that was talking about how one, all that judgment and shame mm-hmm. and oh, it's wrong and you're comparing just so, so much building on you. But not only that, you don't have enough nutrients and the hydration, everything to keep your mind and your body activated right. as usual. So typically it slips into like a depression because you mm-hmm. don't going and like you said when you fell apart with your parents you're not in the right headspace oh yeah no um so I can't imagine and also to go off that off personal experience in college man I had a handful of friends mm-hmm. that I knew had eating disorders at the time and only one of them was like you could tell like scrawny scrawny the other ones right. were thicker actually honestly bigger than they were in high school you would never know yeah yeah, yeah. That- that kind of blew my mind too. And it, it'll slow down your metabolism. So then oh. it's just like a, a catch 22. You yes. try to lose weight. And then when you try to get better, your metabolism slower. So you try to, it just. Well, and I mean, and that is a lot of time how, you know, eating disorders can develop on later in life because, oh, you yeah. know, dieting, you, you cannot diet for, you know, you try to lose 20 pounds. Well, at some point you're probably going to gain it back. And that's, you know, that's the problem. And that's just what blows my mind with you know, just all of the diet companies, Noom, uh, just all of that stuff. Um, it's, yeah, it's a whole nother level. It is not just about uh, looking pretty, getting the boy, being small. Uh, it has so many, many layers. Yeah. 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 I love your post about, um, all the super popular diets and then you kind of come and say why they're wrong and the things that aren't correct about them. I love that because oh, yeah. like, just like you said, 15 year olds are looking at these things like, okay, if I eat a bar of celery for lunch and breakfast, I'll be thinner and more ready for volleyball. Well, and not just like, that, but I mean, there are, uh, there are 10 year olds out there. I mean, my, my daughter is eight years old and, uh, Luckily, I, I am on TikTok a lot. I love TikTok, but apparently there's this whole side of TikTok that I haven't come across um, where it is kind of the pro-Anna. Uh, it is people, you know, recommending dieting and it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's awful is what yeah. it is. But yeah, I mean, when I was in treatment all the times, there's always an adolescent side. And this last time I went, there was a little 10 year old girl there and she was just cute as can be and uh-huh. had a feeding tube. And, um, you know, was just 10 years old, not oh. in school. She was in treatment. Yeah. Wow. Holy mm-hmm. cow. That's insane. Yeah. So 
you talked about walking in and your parents had this pulled up on the computer. Did you go to re like, did you start recovery after that treatments? Was that your first step? Like what was your first step into recovery or what got you into that? So recovery did not, the thing with eating disorders is, you know, with alcoholism, you can kind of put a sobriety date on it. You can't with eating disorders. Um, so I was 16 when I went to treatment the first time and I had no intention of getting better. None. Uh, I was, you know, angry. I was a teenager. And when you're an adolescent in a program like this, you cannot leave, right? You can't sign yourself out. And so I went there and the majority of the other girls I was with, many of them I'm still very good friends with to this day. And that was, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, we treated it like summer camp. Yeah. It, you know, we had to eat the food and then we would go home and some, some kids did well. Um, the majority of them ended up back in treatment because when you're having recovery like that pushed on you, sure. especially at such a young age, I mean, I'm a parent, I would send my child there, you know, in a heartbeat, but I also know that that doesn't necessarily mean recovery. So I went to treatment the first time at 16, uh, came home and did well for a minute. And then college was kind of just around the corner. And I don't know what exactly happened. My parents got divorced around that time. So that might've had something to do with it, but I went back into a full-blown relapse, um, ended up convincing my mom and my therapist uh, uh, they made me sign a contract that said I would do this, 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 and that. And that's the only way I could go to college. Wow. And I ended up going to Fayetteville and I lasted there maybe two months, uh, until one night I got drunk. I called my mom, told her that I was doing all these things in the dorm. I wasn't good. And that I probably needed a tune up in treatment thinking I'd go there for a couple weeks, you know, get better. Well, that ended up being a whole other stay. Um, and this time I was an adult, so I could sign myself out. But then again, I'm 19, 18 or 19 at this point. Didn't really, still didn't really understand that the eating disorder for me in those moments was not my choice. I thought I was making a decision still, right? And so it took a while. And so I went to treatment first time in 2006. And uh, when I went the second time I got out, I ended up having my now eight-year-old daughter uh, at 23, married, whole shebang. She was born, didn't, I loved how I looked when I was pregnant. I loved that my body was, you know, doing something good in my head for once. But when she came, I was, that's when, that's when Instagram moms first kind of became a thing where there's all these teeny tiny moms with teeny tiny babies and they're posting photos. And so I kind of trekled back, back down there again, but I was able to, I didn't go low enough to where there was point of no return. And so, um, I didn't really experience full on recovery until I had to go back to treatment in 2017 with a four-year-old at home. And that's when I realized that maybe this wasn't a choice. Maybe I really do need help. And 
if I can't do it for me just yet, maybe I can do it for the little girl at home. And so that's, that's kind of what it, it took many, many years to get to the point where I was even ready to let go of that control. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So how long, when you go, when you talk about going back to um, like treatment and therapy and stuff like that, how long do you stay? It depends. Um, this once again can be a whole nother live stream, but um, insurance and eating disorders do not go hand in hand. Um, they That's have a gotten lot of a, mental health stuff. Yes, it insurance has gotten better um, since I first went in 2006, but they insurance bases your stay off of BMI body mass index. Wow. So, which if you don't follow me on Instagram, if you do, you know, it's complete bullshit sure. um, created by mathematicians, not doctors. Right. So insurance companies, if you go into treatment and you are in a BMI normal body weight or you are overweight or obese in, in their eyes, your chances of staying in treatment for longer than a month are very slim because they see, okay, she's gained weight. She must, it, she must be done with it. And we're going to send her on home. So unless you can afford to pay out of pocket, you're at the mercy of insurance and just kind of have to make, you know, learn what you can while you can. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't realize that. It makes yeah. sense. So with a lot of, sadly, um, I was in the healthcare field, still dabbling that, um, meeting mm -hmm. all these people. I have a ton of counselor friends, mm -hmm. sadly mental health in the medical field. It's not like a broken bone. You can't see it. And so right. entrances were not quite to that point where, oh, it's broken. We'll pay to fix it. They think, can't really see it. It may or may not be true. Let's just send them home what happens. And mm -hmm. that's pretty much every mental illness or mental yeah. health issue like a lot of places don't even cover counseling or mm -hmm. antidepressants and things like that it's really really sad it, yeah it is it's I, I saw a lot of girls especially this last time around who you know they would get moved up a level they would go from um you know partial or residential hospitalization to partial and insurance was like nah you're good you're good your your weight's a healthy bmi or you're you're right where you're supposed to be, we're going to send you home. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, really tough. Yeah. Golly. And then those girls that aren't quite like, I have a problem. They're like, no, they told me I was fine. Well, and, and Taylor, Hey Taylor, Marie, she just points out that she said, just my perspective, you don't think anything is that wrong. Like you don't view yourself as that sick and you don't, yeah. uh, you, there's just a disconnect and yeah. You know, you think everyone's kind of making things up and they're, you know, worrying too much when there, there might actually be, be a reason. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so what have you found? So, so since that 2017 was your last day, what have you found? It, it sounds like there's a lot that goes into it, but like tips, tricks, strategies, what have helped you the most in your recovery? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, so one is as soon as I left, um, part of the wellness plan is that you have a therapist and a dietitian lined up when you go home. So I did that. I made the appointments. I actually got back with, uh, the therapist that I'd started seeing right before 
she was the one that was like, I, I can't work with you until you go get help. Yeah. Uh, and basically fired me. Um, uh, let me, I want to go back to that when you answer yeah. this question. Remind me that I want to ask you a question about that, but go ahead. So, so tips and strategies, like what? Yeah. what so number one, keeping up with those appointments, actually going every single week or however often. Um, two for me was talking about it was, um, you know, not even so much posting about it on social media, but, uh, staying in touch with the girls I was in treatment with kind of having, um, when I came back, uh, in 2017, it was a year later that I walked into Nexus for the first time and that space and those people felt like the treatment center in the sense that in those walls, you feel safe, you are cared for, um, and I was able to find those people and that here. And so I just tried my best to be as honest with myself and with others as possible. Uh, asking for help when I needed it, uh, not bullshitting my way along, and then talking about it to strangers on the internet. It really, you know, I'm not the only one. I'm just one that is very willing to, to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it ebbs and flows, you know, some days I wake up and I am stressed about something. And my first thought is I'm just going to skip breakfast. Second thought really quick is nah, that doesn't, that's not going to work. You know what happens, you know? And so, and then some days I do skip breakfast. Like it, it ebbs and flows up, up and down. Yeah. That's just like anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nexus, I love that. I'm actually doing a live stream with Amy. Um, I think it's in August, I believe. I'm not sure, but greatest uh, place. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it really is. They're so accepting the yeah. same people go back just because she's so like open arms and loving. I love her. She's I not know. Yeah. She's an angel. That's what I tell she, her. She like, really you're, is. You're not real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love wanted me to circle back to the therapist. Yes. Okay. So you posted about that today and I read it and I was like, what in the actual what? Okay. So you posted that this therapist, you were seeing her and she basically told you there's nothing else I can do. I can't help you until you get help for yourself. And like you said, she pretty much fired you. Now with that being said, do you feel like that was helpful? Do you feel like that was a bad call on her decision? What do you think? No, it was, so I ended up going to see that therapist because a friend of mine uh, was on me about, she, know, she knew I was relapsing. She knew it was going very quick. She had me go to a doctor. Um, and then she was like, you are going to start therapy or I'm going to call DHS and tell them that you are not in the right state of mind to be driving those kids of yours around. Wow. Wow. Okay. It was like, yeah. I mean, she was like, it's like you're drunk sure. when, when you drive with them and you have not fed your brain for a couple days or sure. whatever. Uh, but so I ended up seeing that therapist because I was forced to. And let me also note that my own husband, not because he doesn't pay attention, but he did not realize how bad it had gotten. Sure. I told him that I was kind of struggling, you know, uh, he he kind of noticed I was losing some weight, uh, but that day that I saw Catherine and she told me, you know, there's this great place I just visited, I had to call my mom and, you know, who 
I don't know what she thought, but I did my best to keep up appearances and look, you know, really, really great. And uh, had to tell my mom that I needed to go back to treatment. And my husband at the time, his work schedule was very, sometimes he had to go in at five in the morning and we have two kids at home. Like I can't go to treatment. I, I put it off for forever for, for these reasons. And my mother and my fabulous mother-in-law, they came together. I had to go home that night and say, Hey babe, uh, I have to go away. I, I could have a heart attack if I don't peace. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, so yes, it was 100% the push. Cause I, I, I trusted her yeah. you know, uh, at this point. And, um, I was like, okay, if it's really this bad, then, you know, I don't, I don't want my kids to see me die. Like, I, I don't want that to be all the memories that they have. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a big push in the right direction. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Part of my mind was like, what? She just let you go out and trust that you would do something about it. Yeah. Part of me thought, well, maybe it's a good thing. Like you said, if you trusted her, that was the push you needed. But it's also like, what a leap of faith for her to be like, no. Yeah. She was, uh, she, not what is she, I mean, she's great. She has, I'd seen her three times up until that appointment. And uh, I I knew that she didn't mess around and she was, you know, kind of the person I needed to, you need to go do this. Yeah. I love it. Good for her. Good yeah. for her. You owe her a thank you, I think. I know, right? Thank you. <laughs> um, she knows it. Yeah, yeah. So something I've always kind of been curious about, I told you I had a handful of friends in high school, uh, in college, it really kind of hit, especially with sororities, because you start comparing and you're going through initiation and you want to look good and be the best. There are guys coming around. So a lot of them struggle with eating disorders, um, just unhealthy relationships with food, obsessing about how they looked. Now, my question, and I couldn't really find much about it, so I wanted to ask you as far as yours go, or your, I guess, input, do the struggles with that and the temptations with eating disorders, do you feel like it's a lifelong illness, or do you feel like it kind of dissipates? That's a great, great question. I get really ticked off when I see some people on the internet, you know, say things like they are recovered. Yeah. Recovered from an eating disorder. And, and that, that is just my opinion. Uh, but it, but it's changed over the years. I I definitely think, I mean, so what it has been, I left treatment in November of 2017 and I have not had to go back to treatment, right? But that's not really the best, best scale. So, uh, you know, I keep up with my dietitian appointments, do do all those things. Um, but it, it, it it's in the back of my head. Sure. No, it's so while I may change my behavior and, you know, go down the better path, some days I don't. And, and I think it's really important to be honest about that, that, you know, there have been times where I have tapped back into old behavior, but the difference is, is I can spot it or I can recognize that, Ooh, I'm starting to feel bad. I'm starting to feel run down. This isn't changing any of my stress and I'm able to kind of pull myself out of it. And I hope that I'm able to continue to do that. But, you know, I also thought that once I had Harper and I pulled myself out of it that time that 
nothing was going to stop me from full recovery and, you know, fast forward a few years and here we are back at it. Yeah. Life happens. Yeah, I, I, but I do think that it varies for a lot of people. You know, I've uh, struggled with this since I was 15. There are kids that have struggled with it, uh, you know, since they were eight, nine, 10. And a lot of people, uh, I think there might be statistics on it, but if your eating disorder develops in say college, kind of later on in life, uh, the chances of recovery are a lot better than if, you know, you've kind of ha had recovery and not had recovery since, since a young kid. Yeah. Well, as a young kid, you're still developing something like that plays <laughs> a lot on your mental and you know, brain functioning and oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I wondered about that because I've, I've done live streams with, um, I want to say alcoholics, but yeah. they're in recovery. Yes. And so the way it works for them is every year is their seventh year in recovery. Mm -hmm. They don't ever consider themselves recovered. They could yeah. be 23 years in recovery. And yeah. so I, I wondered how that related as far as eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah how people would be like, yeah, today I'm cured. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because in so many ways, I, oh gosh, here she comes again. Uh, <laughs> in so many ways, you know, alcoholism and eating disorders are very similar. And a lot of times if you have an eating disorder, I think the chances of you also having, you know, pill problem, alcohol issue is like 50 times higher. Uh, but so there are a lot of ways to compare eating disorders and alcoholism, but there are also so many ways that they are completely different. It's, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It's so bizarre. Um, yeah. okay, so through your journey, I can only imagine, but especially having kids, but through this journey, how do you feel like it's changed your outlook on things? So like, for example, my friend, um, Casey Joe, she had, uh, her run with cancer and she had little kids at home. And so for her, her outlook changed completely to this brand new life. She opened her eyes. She got a second chance. Yeah. So you, do you kind of feel like that way? Like what has been a, an outlook for you that's changed? Well, I mean, it, it really is my, my eight year old. Um, so, and I think it's hilarious that me of all people have two girls, like, you know, not, not that boys don't get them, but still it's, um, so Harper, my eight-year-old, she is already getting signals from society that oh, doesn't look like it should, or, you know, she'll say things to me like, I feel like I, you know, mom, do I eat too many snacks? You know, just all these things. And I'm like, you are a growing child, baby. Like your body is going to change over and over and over again. You know, she's asked me before if she's fat and I'm like, what's wrong with the word fat? And she's like, are you saying I'm fat? I'm saying, no, I'm saying what's wrong with fat. Why is that a bad thing? And she can't give me an answer, Oh. you know? And so I think it's, um, it's very important to me to continue learning all that I can and mainly that is learning more about diet culture, how it came about, where it started. It started in racism. Surprise, surprise. Uh, there's a great book called Fearing the Black Body that talks all, you, you might love it. It talks all about kind of uh, where diet culture came from, but it's being able to pick up 
on what's going on or, you know, what I see and make sure that number one, I'm a safe space for Harper to come to because, you know, I, I don't know if I ever would have asked my mom, you know, do you think I'm fat? Do you think this, but she trusts me. Sure. And so, um, I think it's very important to keep that dialogue open. So a lot of you know, where I'm at right now is because I want to continue to be a great example to her. You know, if she develops an eating disorder later on or soon, I, I want to be strong enough and be able to, you know, walk, walk that journey with her. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but who knows? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Some people are coming, said, great book. I'm going to message you about that. Cause I, yeah. I would, super interested in reading that. That's bizarre. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. It's um, well, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And what's crazy is 2020, even, um, so I'm 32 and through Me my, hey girl, hi. um, we age like fine wine. Let me say, yes, we do. <laughs> um, but like the accepted, I guess, body shapes have changed so many times, right? Cause I remember when we were younger, uh -huh. I wanted so bad to have the cheerleader body. I hated that I was shaped like a pin, like just, uh, yeah. and I hated it. And yeah. I just thought, well, whatever. So I, I would try to eat more and work out well, I was in sports. So we did three days anyway, but I was like, yeah. why don't I have a butt and hips and like curves? And then we got to college and all my friends wanted to be my size. They wanted to be sticks. No, right. There were no, no boobs and no butt was the style. You want yeah. And now we're back to, huge boobs and huge butt and like so it's never I hate that kids get stuck on that because it's yeah. gonna anyway yeah I mean always always it's gonna change and I, I think one of my favorite quotes and um I follow my entire Instagram feed is basically a lot of therapists dietitians <clears throat> excuse me dietitians um or just you know people like me kind of speaking their story. And one of them posted a quote, I think I shared it on my story the other day that, uh, your body is meant to be lived in, not to be looked at. Love it. And I was like, what? Because, you know, so I just had a baby. Yeah. I, I got pregnant in, you know, February last year, what I spent all of 2020 growing this baby. And yeah. let me tell you, it is a lot different being pregnant at 32 versus 23 and my yeah, body has not bounced back as quickly as it did but at the same time I'm like I got other shit to do like I I don't have time to go walk every day or go work out at the gym like it it is a total I, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop it, in a sense like why am I not more worried about this and then I'm like there's nothing to worry about like you look fine and then I'm like wait did I just think that I myself look fine did I just like compliment myself what's going on it's yeah. it's yeah it's wild I love it man yeah. that is awesome that is an awesome quote I love that yeah. I'm hearing that that's so good yeah um, I have I have two young nieces and one of them is in that tween age she's about to be a teenager and so this subject really hit home for me reading all these statistics so like yeah. that quote I automatically think about her because she was so obsessed with making the volleyball team and she made it and I'm just like, oh gosh, I hope kids don't pick on her. And I hope they don't talk about weight. And I hope blah, 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 blah. Um, they will. I mean, that's, that's the, my, my eight-year-old has more drama within her 
local friend group than I had when I was in middle school. Like I, I'm, they are maturing and being exposed to things a lot, a lot quicker. Oh, and yeah. let me just also say, cause I'll forget to say it is, you know, with kids, the other part that we have to be concerned about is, you know, Harper may not develop an eating disorder, but that doesn't mean that she's not going to have disordered eating. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, you do not have to, because I struggled with this for a while um, when I was kind of relapsing and I was like, I'm not sick enough to get, that's a big thing with the eating disorder deal is we, we never think that we're sick enough. And um, I struggled with that big time and, you know, but it doesn't have to get to the point where you need to be hospitalized to ask for help. It doesn't have to be to the point where you're ready to, you know, leave this world before you get help. And I feel like there's a lot of messages out there that you either have to be really, really sick or you're totally, totally fine. And there's no room for gray area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so through your journey, like you're talking about the therapist was the big push for you. Is there anything else someone could have said or you wish they would have done at a different time? Or do you feel like that, that was it? Uh, you know, and being in treatment and being surrounded with girls that, you know, they can pinpoint their eating disorder. They, they were raped. They were abused by their parents. They had an awful boyfriend. I didn't have any of that, you know, and I remember being in therapy and being in these group sessions and being like, did I have trauma that I'm not like, I mean, besides the adoption, you know, I just, I kept needing to figure out like, like I do, why this was happening and why I was in this spot. And it, it drove me bonkers, <laughs> you know? So nobody <laughs> just sat down and told you that it doesn't have to stem from trauma. Yeah, it doesn't. And I think, um, you know, I just kind of needed to, I don't know. I, I don't know if I needed to hear it more or what, but I just, um, I wanted to be loved and I wanted to be special. And for some reason, the love that I was getting, which was a lot, it, it wasn't what I thought I needed. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, looking back, I can say that's absolutely not true, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Man, that's wild. Yeah. Um, so what would be your advice for somebody? Two different ways we'll word this. What would be your advice for somebody who's watching this? That's like, okay, maybe this eating thing that I have going on is a little bit more serious than I thought. And then I want to touch on somebody that's watching and they're a parent and they want to address this with their kids. So let's start with what would your advice be for somebody that this might have triggered like, okay, maybe I do have a problem. Yeah, um, I would say number one to look for a therapist, look for a dietitian. Don't worry about, you know, can I afford it? Can I not? Can't, you know, all those things, just start doing your research and seeing what's available in your area. Uh, Little Rock is getting better, but there is no doctor here anymore that actually specializes in eating disorders. Um, and so for me, it was, you know, reaching out to the people that I knew could help point me in the right direction. Um, you know, re reaching out is hard. Asking for help is way, way hard. But uh, that 100%, I feel like, has to kind of be that first step. Like, just kind of start doing some research. And uh, as far as parents go, 
I would say that, you know, recovery is not going to happen on your time frame. It's, it's not. And your child, you know, they may, um, you know, start therapy or start, you know, d- doing whatever it is you think is best and you think that they're doing really, really well. And then they dip back in. Um, it can be very frustrating. I cannot imagine how my mom dealt with it. Uh, really quickly, I'll say that whenever I would get mad or frustrated at something she said at home, she, and I would start yelling or whatever I did, she would say, Lucy, this is your eating disorder talking. I'm not <laughs> talking to you right now. You need to go. And I'd be like, oh, mom, that's so stupid. Like you are, you know, just, but I'm like, God, yes. I mean, good for you for being like, no, go away. And so uh, again, with parents, it is going to be looking for support groups, even, Um, you know, someone that has maybe gone through this before, because I know how frustrating and uh, difficult I was. And I mean, you know, my mom has had to put up with this since I was 14, 15, you know, it's, uh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom. That is awesome. Moms yeah. are the best. Great. Uh, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I, I love the fact that you pointed out, which is something I never would have thought about. Cause even my friends, one of them was super bad, lost a ton of weight. And I was like, get her help. Like mm-hmm. parents, hello, wake up. And hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah, like recovery is not going to happen on your time. They have to be ready. Otherwise it's a complete waste of time and money. Yeah. So I like the- there's, there's always incentives. Like uh, I really, I really wanted to go on my senior class trip to Italy. Yeah. And you know, so my mom was like, you get better. You, I, I don't know where I was, but uh, then yeah, you can go. Well, I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to go, but you know, having my daughters now, it it is a very, very good push. But I also know that they are not the ones just like with sobriety, you know, they're, they're not going to keep me sober at the end of the day, but they can be a really great, you know, do it for them. If you can't in this moment, we'll wrap it up as a survivor, as someone that's in recovery, somebody that's like trying to do the best and make the best. You have two daughters in a generation that is completely self-centered and enamored by like looks and um their own self-image yes is this going to be something you sit down and already talk to harper and your other kids about or you're going to wait for it to kind of come up in her conversation like how's that gonna are you gonna sit her down and be like this is what happened with me yeah blah 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 um well i mean we've already had to have some talks just about not, she does not know that, you know, I had an eating disorder. I have an eating disorder. In fact, she still remembers me going to Texas and she remembers me telling her that I went there to train for work. And while I was there, she was four and I would FaceTime her. She'd be like, mom, let me see your office. Mom, is that someone you work with? And I would be like, come on, come over. And they'd be like, hi, Harper. You know, but yeah. And so I don't know if I'll ever you know, until she's much older, come out and say, this is what I struggled with, but being able to relate to her and say, you know, Harper yesterday, I wondered if I ate too many snacks, but eh, then I just moved on being able to relate on that level. Then she's like, Oh, okay. Well, if mom does it, then I'm good. I'm fine. So yeah, I think, I think those conversations are going to come about 
kind of as they need to, but I, I don't plan on sitting her down and, you know, saying you were genetically predisposed, you know, I can't even say it. Predis, uh, I can't say it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, you know, because I'm afraid that she's just going to go and go look at all the diets just to spite me. Yeah. That's the person. <laughs> that sounds about right. She's yeah. a, a feisty little thing. She's a, she's the best kid in the entire world, but yeah. man, she's, she's come out here about five times while right. her dad's inside. And I'm just, yeah, of course. Yeah. I yeah. love you post yeah. videos of her and she cracks me up. She's got a strong personality. She's, she's, she's going to make a great woman. That's what I was going to say. strong <laughs> female, but I just got to get through these next few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are the woman of the house for now. She needs to pipe it down until she's able. Yes. 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 Yeah. That for sure. Okay. I want to go back over, say what you said, because I want to remember it as well mm -hmm. about your body. Your body's meant to be lived in. Yeah. So your body is meant to be lived in, not to be looked at. I freaking love that. That is fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. So a ton of people logged in. A bunch of people are propping your mom. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, props to your mom for recognizing that somebody talked about we praise weight loss so much and like bodies, uh, the children's brain takes that on differently, which yeah. is absolutely right. Um, Willa, if you know her, she said so much more to life than trying to take up, uh, trying to take up less space with our bodies. Love right. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Recovery is ongoing. The urges can be there, but it's up to the person to engage or not. Yep. So yeah, I totally. All day long. That. Yeah, Lucy, it has been an honor. Man, I, I feel like I could talk to you for like five hours. I know. Well, let's You're get so easy to talk to. to bed, but let's get coffee now that let's do are, it. No kidding. Up. I'm here. Let's I'm ready. Let's do it. I have not been down to Nexus since before COVID. Like I don't live it. That's about an hour away from me. So I have not been down. But things in the I, shop now. I need to go down there because I love like you said, you walk in and it's almost like therapy. It is. It everybody, is. There's just the sweet. I just want to hug everybody. Oh, I, I do hug everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so you yesterday. Come here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. it's such, such a great environment. I love it. Thank you so much. It has Thank been a me. Yes. It's, so, it's so nice to see you and talk to you. And I could talk about this stuff all day long. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to have you on again. Cause you're amazing to talk. It does not feel like that was an hour. I know it went like by you're I talk yeah. a lot and I talk fast. So I love that. You're, I love what you're doing. This is so Thank great. Much. Yeah. Yeah. The point of it for everybody that doesn't know, I like to do these live streams just to touch on every topic and get to know people. And one, not only educate myself, yeah. but everybody else. And my goal is to let people feel a little bit less alone. Yeah. Right. Cause like you said, you're not the only one that had it. You may feel like it in the moment, but you're not. There are no. millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just I try like to, to kind of, you know, do do my part to kind of take the shame out of it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk a little bit more, more open. Yeah. The stigma related to anything, because like I said, it's not a broken leg. People yeah. No. Asked. And yeah. I hate it so much. So yeah, I want to use my um, music platforms to help share that, help break oh, that stigma. Sure. Ridiculous. You're killing it. Oh, girl, you wild. You wild. Listen, I need some new headshots. Okay, come on down. We'll go to Nexus. <laughs> there. That's right. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for joining me. Okay, thank you. Bye, girl.
If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty.